0: what's going on welcome episode two of the wide right podcast hosted by ryan honey presented by elite sports new york what a week to be a giants fan it's happened it's occurred. It's here. I didn't want to admit it last week when the quarterback switch was made last Tuesday, I believe. But this win, this 18-point comeback that was led by Mr. Jones, Danny Dimes, has now brought on a newfound confidence, a newfound sort of... What, like, There's oomph to this team now. There's some juice as Colin Coward said on his show yesterday, which he's absolutely right about. There is this it's an, it's a new era. It's happening. I'll admit it this time around. I didn't admit it last week. This is a new era in Giants football. All because of one all because of one guy, one kid, one 22-year-old rookie. The Giants go down by 18 in that point, in that game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. He, Eli's at the helm of the offense. They go down by 18. They don't come back. Eli's biggest comeback in his career was 17 points. They already said Daniel Jones is now one and 0. down by 18 or more. Eli is 0-44 in his career in that spot. That's insane. Already. There's a newfound, you know, confidence. You know, the wheels are spinning. Everything's in motion. You know, people aren't saying People aren't given um people aren't looking at the schedules for other teams when the Giants come by they don't say it's not a check mark win anymore for the opposing team you know now the Giants could be favored next week against the Redskins I'm not sure what the line is right now the opening line but now it seems the Giants sort of have a chance to wake to make some noise there's winnable games on the schedule you know we got Redskins next week uh, the Vikings are a good team but they're not great. Um, you know, they have the Cardinals, the Lions could be a winnable game. You know, they're pretty good right now. So I don't know about that, but there are, it's great. It's a great week to be a Giants fan. That's all I got to say about it. It's, you know, now it's Daniel Jones's team. Last week I was saying, oh, what if he goes into a game with those three picks? They turn to Eli and say, hey, we're paying you 23 million this year, go in and try to finish off this game. I don't think that's going to happen now. And as I said last week, it's all about narratives. Last week, the narrative for some people, including me, was, oh, maybe this isn't the beginning of the Daniel Jones era. Eli could still play. There could be a game where Eli may start. You never know. Now the entire narrative has changed. And once again, it improves how quickly narratives change in the NFL and how quickly they change, how they change even quicker in New York. But let it, let's start talking about that game. Uh, 32-31, the final score. Uh, just a great game all around. Uh, the Bucks came out firing. Uh, you know, Jameis Woodson had a good game. I, I had to pick him up on my fantasy team because uh, Drew Brees got hurt. I knew, you know, the Giants' defense was probably going to be horrible, and they were. So Jameis would ins- essentially have a lot of points, uh, you know, which is unusual because he's really not that good. Um, And that's what happened. I did win, for those of you wondering. Thank you. Um, So let's start with the good. We'll we'll go from the good, the bad, and then I want to end with the ugly. I have some criticism for a certain guy on the defense, um, but we'll get to that that in a little bit. Um, So start off with the good. Obviously, uh, Daniel Jones, his first start, his first career start in the NFL. I mean, besides the two fumbles, which was mostly because of poor play by the offensive line. What more could you ask for? 23 for 36, 336 yards, two touchdowns, uh, four carries, 28 yards, seven yards per carry, do the math. Um, Two touchdowns on the ground, including that go-ahead score right up the middle on the uh, fourth and five play with a little bit over a minute to go. Um, And that was a great – that was was – it was like the Red Sea parted. It was just right up the middle – he was right there. It was an easy walking touchdown, seven yards. Um, I believe. The, I believe it was from the seven yard line. Um, that was like that moment right there. Change is changing the Giants season. It's turning everything around. Now it go that one play right there. Daniel Jones up the middle for the go ahead score. I know the miss. I know they missed a field goal. The Bucks did after that, which we'll get to in a little bit. But that play right there is changing the whole year. Sometimes years are changed and sometimes narratives are changed by one simple play. That was that simple play right there. That seven yard rush up the middle for the go-ahead score. Um, you got some great stat lines for the Giants in this game too. I mean, Evan Engram, Evan Engram continues. He's gonna be hot take. I don't really know if it's a hot take right now. Could make sense at this point at, you know, from what we've seen from him thus far this year. Uh he's going to be one of the more productive tight ends in the NFL. And that's because how of how versatile he is. You know, he's a receiver. He can line up in the slot, line up split wide. I think I'm pretty sure they've had him line up in the backfield before. They've definitely had him line up on the line, you know, as a regular tight end, which is what he is. Um you know, but he's a versatile athletic option to have in the passing game, and it showed six receptions on eight targets, 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Sterling Shepard came into his own, played like the forty, the you know forty-one million dollar athlete that he is. Uh, you know the contract that he signed in April. Seven receptions on nine targets, hundred yards, and a touchdown, uh, including that two-point conversion uh, try that proved to be huge. Uh, made it a ten-point game instead of a, instead of a nine-point or instead of a twelve-point game at that point. Um, that was huge. Um, yeah. And I thought, you know, the defense didn't play. The defense was bad, um, as they've been all year, but they definitely did pick it up in the second half. They got some pressure. They finally got pressure on the quarterback. See, this is what I was saying this entire time. Jameis is still a young quarterback. He's only in his fifth year. You get pressure on young quarterbacks. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to screw up. Jameis screwed up. They got four... Um, they got pressure on them. They had four total sacks. Marcus Golden with two, um, who I love, by the way. I mean, this guy, th- this is what you need. You need a ferocious sort of mentality on this pass rush, within this pass rush, and that's what Marcus Golden brings to the table. Uh, O'Shane Zimenez, the rookie uh, outside linebacker with one sack, and then Dexter Lawrence, the rookie defensive lineman, the number 17 overall pick in this year's draft uh, with one sack as well. Uh, Ryan Connolly sort of stole the show at the inside linebacker position when Alec Ogletree uh, went down with an injury. He did not return. Connolly, I love this dude Connolly. He could he sh- could be shaping out to be the Giants' best defensive rookie. Um, he's always in the right spot. He's always, you know, plugging up the holes. He's always in the backfield. He had that pick in the second half, a huge, huge turnover in the second half, his first career interception, the Giants' first interception of the year. Of course, it comes from an inside linebacker and not from a defensive back because the defensive backs are kind of, you know, bad right now. Um, but yeah, I thought that was good. Uh, we had The Giants had great stat lines. Um, so, but there's, I'll get into the bad in a little bit, but when, you know, when you win the game, that's all you can really ask for. Uh, but there's def- at the same time there's definitely things some things that need to be cleaned up. Uh, let's get to the bad. I thought the offensive line didn't play great at all. Um, you know, Solder Nate Solder the left tackle was getting killed the entire game. Uh, Shaquille Barrett for the Bucks at four sacks. I mean, anyone who has four sacks in what I mean that's just that's something you don't really see anymore. You know, even Cleo Mack against this Redskins team last night and only had two. You know, that's just something you don't really see. You don't see a lot of in today's NFL. Four sack games aren't exactly a stat line that's popular and are going to happen every week. But it happened this week to the Giants. Uh, the O line just wasn't great. Uh, they needed to be great for a guy like, you know, rookie like Jones in his first game. They needed to take that pressure off of him. They didn't. Uh, Jones did use, did you know, utilize his feet a lot, uh, something that, you know, Eli was never able to do in his sixteen year career. The Giants finally have a quarterback that can do something like that, that can use their feet in situations like that. Not just a I'm not just talking about the rushing touchdowns that Jones had, but, you know, when he's pressured that one play, I believe in the first half, he was pressured and he ran to the outside for the first down on a third and four. You know, that's that's a weapon, that's an option that they the Giants' offense now has that they never had with Eli under center or in the shotgun. You know, it's just, but that's an option they have right now. But at the end of the day, the offensive line needs to be better. Um, they weren't from the second half. You know, in the second half from the first half, they didn't improve much throughout the game. Um, the Bucks had five total sacks, uh, so not great. Um, and still the the defense is still extremely shaky I mean they only gave up three points in the second half but in the first half six six scores on six consecutive possessions they allowed six scores on six consecutive possessions in the first half or all that's all the possessions in the first half the Bucks had six offensive drives in the first half they got a score in on each one of them they had the three touchdowns, which included the two missed field goals, or two missed extra points, rather, um, and then three field goals for 28 points. Not great. I mean, this defense needs to improve. These I'm going to start. I saw so I have Drew Brees on my fantasy team. I had to put him on IR, so I have to pick up a new quarterback each week because I'm not confident in Trubisky even though I love Trubisky, I'm going to start picking up the quarterback that plays against the Giants each week and just dropping them and picking them up and picking up the quarterback who plays them the next week. I'm just going to start starting the quarterback who plays against the Giants each and every week because that's how shaky and that's how bad this defense has been This the first three games. Let me give you a stat line. I'll give you two stat lines right here. Jameis Winston, who's proved to not be the greatest quarterback in this league. Not even, he's maybe the worst quarterback in his division. I don't know, him and Cam are kind of, him and Cam Newton are kind of on the fence with each other. Because Newton isn't that great either. But he's definitely not better than a healthy Drew Brees and a Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Jameis Winston in this game, 23 for 37, 380 yards, 3 touchdowns, 112.4 quarterback rating. And then Mike Evans who is a top 10 receiver. I would have put him in with, you know, Michael Thomas. Um, I wouldn't put him with DeAndre Hopkins or Julio. But, you know, you got to look at the fact of the quarterback he's playing with. Mike, Mike Evans, eight receptions, 190 yards, three touchdowns. 190 yards, three touchdowns. That's a, that's an insane, that's, an, that's a very productive stat line for Jameis. Because I, as I said before, Jameis just isn't that good. That's an insane stat line for even someone like Mike Evans. I mean, three touchdowns. As I said before, the four sack game from from Shaquille Barrett. That's not a stat line you usually hear of in today's NFL. Three touchdown receptions. That's also not a stat line you hear much of in the NFL. And it's ha- and of course it happened to this giant secondary, who has proved time and time time and time again. This season, that they're not up to speed. They're not at the talent level. They're not at the work ethic that some of these opposing receiving corps are. And some of these opposing quarterbacks are. It seems every game, these quarterbacks are torching the Giants. Dak Prescott had over 400 yards. Josh Allen had a great game week two, And now Jameis Winston nearly has 400 yards. If you're letting – it's one thing letting a quarterback like Dak throw for that much on you because the Cowboys are a great team and they're going to be a good – they're going to be, you know, there will be a playoff team. I'm not going to pick them to win the Super Bowl because I refuse to ever do that. But, you know, it's one thing letting Dak throw for 400 yards on you. Jameis Winston, nearly 400 yards given up. Not a great look for this defense. Not a great look. So there was the good, there was the bad. And now to my, the segment that I'm looking forward to, that I was looking forward to uh, all morning, um, as I record this at 10.15 in the morning on Tuesday, September 24th. Um, You know, nicknames are an interesting concept. You know, I have a nickname with my friends. A bunch of my friends have nicknames. Uh, I know people who have had nicknames, who have had the same nickname their entire life the point where you call them by their given first name or the last it's weird it's weird to call them by their you know first first name or sometimes even their last name people just call them by their nickname and you know some of them are funny some of them are clever some of them are stupid but that's okay but the whole people having nicknames is that's fine people you know whatever i don't care however in sports It's a little bit different to me. People want you to call you this. People want you to call you that. When you should be worrying about not sucking first at your sport. I'm talking about the so-called jackrabbit of this defense. Janoris Jenkins wants everyone to call him jackrabbit. Oh, it's jackrabbit season. It's clam season. How about we start with you not sucking first, dude? This is exactly what I—I I know I'm jumping from sport to sport here, but this is why I did not like the players' weekend in 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 uh, baseball. The MLB had their players' weekend, uh, I believe it was either July, uh, late July or August. Forget what it was. But there's some players that had nicknames in the back of their jerseys. I was like, why don't we start with not sucking on the field first? I'm a Mets fan. Edwin Diaz, their closer, had sugar on the back of his jersey. Bruh, you blow a save twice a week. Worry about that first before you worry about what's what's on the back of your jersey. Janoris Jenkins had, at once everyone to call him, Jackrabbit. And we saw from, at the end of the Week 2 game, he was blaming the pass rush for his abysmal play in in the secondary, which is, you know, somewhat fair. I mean, there was no pass rush on Josh Allen in that Bills game in week two. And he's right, you can't cover somebody for ten seconds, which is what they were sort of forced to do. But now we're seeing that it is Jenkins' fault. It is Jenkins's poor play that is causing the these receivers to have games against this giant secondary. Because the Giants' pass rush actually did get some sort of pressure on the quarterback on Sunday. As I said before, four four sacks on Jameis Winston. And Janoris Jenkins was still not able to get it done in the secondary. He followed Mike Evans. He followed Mike Evans around the entire game. Do I have to say his stat line again? I will. Eight receptions, 190 yards, three touchdowns. It can't happen. No one is more happy that the Giants won that game. No one is more happy that the Bucks ended up missing the field goal at the end to lose that game than Janoris Jenkins. Why? Because on that final drive, the Bucs went three plays down the field. They were in field goal range. Easy chip shot field goal range inside the twenty. Because Janoris Jenkins once again screwed up on the coverage on Mike Evans. Big play down the field. Got the Bucs in chip shot field goal range. Giants lose that game. Say the Bucs kick a field goal. Giants lose that game. People are still impressed with Daniel Jones. People are still impressed with the game that Evan Engram had. And the game that Sterling Shepard had. And the game that the pass rush had. People would also be calling for Janoris Jenkins' job. They would be calling for his job, wanting him to be released, wanting him to be traded, saying that 60 plus million dollar contract they signed, they gave him prior to the 2016 season, one of the bonehead Jerry Reese moves, people would say, oh, what a waste of money. And so far in this season, he's proving to be what a waste that he's proving to be a waste of money. Giants lose that game. People are calling for Janoris Jenkins' job. And he's worried about his nickname. And what people are calling him. I'll say it for a fourth or fifth time. Worry about not sucking first. Then maybe worry about what people are calling you. So now that we got through that, uh, let's talk about, got some news, some bad news. Um... In the Bucks game, obviously, if you're a fan, you've heard, you've read about the Saquon Barkley injury, uh, high ankle sprain. Uh, he'll be out four to eight weeks. Um, I don't know how to feel about the four to eight week time frame because they're also reporting. So Adam Schefter reported four to eight weeks. They're also reporting that it could be more on the longer side of the time frame. So more towards eight weeks, which would be. Have if it's eight weeks, the Giants have a bye week 11, so he would be back for their week 12 game. Um, but it becomes a question that if the Giants are losing badly at that point, if the Giants are basically out of it at that point by week 12, um, kind of like how they were last year, then do you even do, you, do the Giants shut him down? the Giants say, hey, we're not, you know, in it anymore. We're kind of close to being out of it, out of playoff contention. Do we shut Barkley down? Is that the question they ask themselves? Um, Because you obviously don't want to risk further injury. And it's obvious that Barkley is the future at the running back position for the Giants. He's going to get a massive contract when his rookie deal is up in a couple years. Um, So that's a question that needs to be that's a decision that needs to be made when he does come back. But, I mean, hey, they have to be out of it when he comes back. That's the, for the decision to be made. So, as fans, hopefully that it doesn't get to that point where they're out of it by Week 12 or nearly out of it by Week 12. It's kind of difficult to be that out of it at that point unless they're 1-10, and 10, which I don't think they will be. But, or 2-9, and 9, which, again, I don't think they will be. But, yeah, I mean... That's that's a question that needs to be answered at that point in time. Um or one and nine and two and eight, sorry, not because you gotta figure the bye week. But um that's a tough blow for the Giants, uh losing him. But even with losing him, there's still a newfound confidence in this team because of Daniel Jones. So we'll see if I mean if Eli was still the core Eli was still at the helm of this offense. Fans would be saying, oh, it, you know, Barkley's done. It's totally over. It's, it's over. It's done. But that doesn't seem to be the narrative right now. The narrative seems to be it's Daniel Jones' team, and, you know, the season is could be turned around. So um, how will the offense fare with Jones and not Barkley? Um, it's not going to be a run-first, workhorse offense anymore. It's, you know, when – Eli was under center and Barkley was lined up behind them. It was run first, run the offense to Saquon Barkley, operate the offense through Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, that first drive against Buffalo in week two, I'm pretty sure he had four carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. That's how the offense should operate. Right now, it's going to be a lot of – it's going to be an air attack. It's going to be a lot of, um, you know, passes downfield, and if it's going to be a pass from the backfield, it's going to be a swing route to – uh, Wayne Gallman will take over the running back duties until Barkley is back and healthy. Um, yeah, it's going to be an air attack for Jones. So that's I mean it's tough that we that the Giants don't have Barkley to sort of take the pressure away from Jones. But the offense is going to need to become an air attack now with Jones and the receivers and Wayne Gallman. That's just the reality. Of, that's just the reality of it, and that's just how it needs to operate with. Barkley sidelined with this injury. Um, All right, so Giants Week 4 game. Already coming on Week 4. This upcoming Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern time at MetLife Stadium, Daniel Jones' first home game as a starter. Uh, Giants are coming in at 1-2 versus the Washington Redskins, who just fell to 0-3 on Monday night uh, against the Chicago Bears. Um. So I'm very glad a report came out last night after the Redskins lost. Very glad the Redskins and their head coach, Jake Rudin, are staying with Case Keenum at quarterback and not making the switch to Dwayne Haskins. Because I could see the Giants beating Case Keenum. Case Keenum isn't all that great. Um, If you watch the game, if you watch the Monday night game last night against the Bears, you notice that Case Keenum isn't that great at all. Um, But I could also see the Giants losing to rookie Dwayne Haskins. I could see Dwayne Haskins coming into MetLife Stadium. uh, First of the many matchups between Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins in this division. Uh, Two first-round picks this year. Um, I could see Dwayne Haskins winning that first one. I I could just see him torching the Giants secondary. Um, I don't know why. uh, But, I mean, I do know why because the Giants the Giants' secondary is atrocious, but yeah, I'm just I'm I'm glad that it's Case Keenum at the helm for the Redskins and not Dwayne Haskins. Uh, they're gonna need to pressure Keenum all day. Uh, the second day, the success in the secondary will follow if they get into Keen if they get in Keenum's face this entire game. Um, you know, as I saw last night, the pressure of the Bears' defense and Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, Keenum. Had five turnovers last night, threw three picks, had two fumbles that he both lost. Um, you, get pre- you get in Keenum's face, he's going to make a ton of mistakes, as he did against the Bears last night. So that's the key to the game. Got to get pressure on Keenum. The success in the secondary will follow. Um, you know, there are some, you know, DeAndre Baker played a lot better in the second half of that Um of the Bucks game than he did in the first half or than he did in any half prior in the entire season. Uh so look to him for to improve even more against this Redskin offense, um, who's clearly, you know, doesn't have a lot of success at all. They're 0-3. Um and you know, looking are looking to be at the basement of the of the NFC East. Uh, for this entire season so look at the pass rush to get in keam's face a lot that's what should ha- that's what should happen uh, and the success from the secondary will follow um and as i said the offense before as i said before the offense is going to be an air attack it's going to be you know down the field throws from jones to the receivers and that's what needs to happen against this washington defense they're number twenty they're ranked twenty six in the NFL two hundred and eighty seven passing yards allowed per game. Um, the, an air attack is absolutely eminent from the Giants' offense. I mean, this this Washington defense is is almost just as bad as the Giants. Obviously, it's not as bad as the Giants. The Giants' secondary is horrendous so far, the worst in the league. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, expect Daniel Jones to have a big game. Expect Evan Engram to have another big game. Um, Yeah, I mean, so the Redskins are... The Redskins have allowed 260.7 yards per game um, after last night. So that's 31. So that's 20th in the league. Or 19th in the league, I believe. 19th or 20th, somewhere around there. Um... So, yeah, J- expect Daniel Jones to have a big game. Expect uh, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. It is the last game without Golden Tate, thank God. Uh, the Giants get him back at the following Sunday against Minnesota. That game is also at home. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think the Giants will come o- away with a win in this one, as I said multiple times in this half-hour-long podcast thus far almost. Um, there's a newfound confidence. The narrative has switched. The narrative has changed. Now the Giants are looking at some very winnable games, and it starts with this upcoming Sunday, week four matchup at home. Daniel Jones' first home game as a starter. Um, yeah, I expect it to be a, a great game. Expect a big turnout at MetLife Stadium. You know, if this was Eli at the helm, Giants-Redskins, you know, Redskins versus possibly could have been 0-3 Giants. Not a lot of people are going to this game or tuning into this game. Well, Daniel Jones at the helm, now it becomes interesting. Now the narrative has changed. Now there's a reason to watch and a reason to believe in this Giants team. So, all right, that's all we have for the second episode of the Wide Right Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Honey. Uh, signing off, so don't forget to subscribe, rate, um, you know, anything you can do to the podcasts on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, so this will be on iTunes, you can get this podcast episode and all episodes of the Wide Right Podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, or just Apple Podcasts, iTunes isn't, isn't a thing anymore, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spre- Spreaker, um, and yeah rate subscribe uh do whatever you can and uh, i right, i'll see you next week